they're, they're, they're finding their bar to go below. Welcome to episode three of Podigis, your weekly over-analytical tour through the Digimon universe. I'm Jeff Ruberg, and I'm joined by Ashley McDonald. Hi. And Asher Softman. Hey. This week, we're covering the second half of the Devimon arc, so here's a quick recap of these episodes. We pick up immediately after Devimon lured everyone into taking off their clothes and split up File Island to separate the children. In episode nine, Sub-Zero Ice Punch, Ty and Matt get into a fist fight because Matt is frustrated he can't help TK. They expel Black Gears from Frosty the Snowman and an Abominable Snowman. In episode 10, a clue from the Digipass, Mimi is harassed by another poop Digimon and his mouse friend until she finds Izzy, who is obsessed with studying ruins with his laptop. Frustrated by Izzy, Mimi runs into a labyrinth, but is then attacked by a centaur. Izzy helps her out of the maze, and they get rid of the centaur's black ear. As the centaur dumps exposition on them, they are attacked by Leomon, who is repelled by the light of their digivices. In episode 11, The Dancing Digimon, Joe and Sora find a church with humans being all creepy with weird 90s dance moves, but the humans turn out to be ghost Digimon and everyone is captured to be fed to the ghosts. Biomon and Gomamon free the kids, and they defeat the ghost Digimon by repeating a silly, not-at-all-religious chant. In episode 12, Digi Baby Boom, TK finds Primary Village, the birthplace of all Digimon and tonal inconsistency of the adventure universe, and gets into childish fights with the village's caretaker, a red Pikachu. Patamon still does not evolve, but does play tug-of-war. In episode 13, The Legend of the Digidestined, Leomon attacks TK, but the kids reunite and free him of his possession by Devimon using the light of the Digivices. Leomon tells the children of a prophecy of the Digidestined, beginning the series' descent into Digiword Hell. The kids confront Devimon, but the six champion Digimon are pathetic, but do look cute gnawing on the limbs of the giant demon. Devimon, knowing the prophecy that the smallest of the children would destroy him, attacks TK and Patamon. Patamon digivolves into an angel and defeats Devimon, sacrificing himself in the process and returning to an egg form. Liked the episode with Kay and Patamon on their own with what's his name? Electamon? Electamon. Electamon. Yeah, yeah Electamon. I don't know. I like Electabuzz. <laughs> no, I remember liking Electamon as a child. Yeah. I don't know why. I think it's just because his the pattern of his like red and ed purple thing makes it look like fake hair, and I think that's really funny. <laughs> I don't know. But no, I liked the episode because I thought it captured childhood really well. Um, I guess of these five, it was five episodes, uh, my favorite is probably Bakemon one with Joe and Sora for no particular reason. Oh, oh now you reminded me of how horrible the, everything is in that, too. It, this, <laughs> I feel like these five episodes are not... Uh, They're not good. Yeah. I feel like as soon as yeah. you have a pairing of a guy and a girl, there are things that they do wrong, kind of. Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm overly fond of Joe and Gomamon, so... <laughs> so, of course. It was just like, which one was the Joe episode? I'm gonna like that one the most. I mean, I didn't set out hoping for that, but yeah, that's what happened here. If you had to choose between Joe and Gomamon and could only have one, which one would you have? You can't do that to me. <laughs> um, I'd, uh, I would choose... Why would you do this? <laughs> I choose you, go, Mama. <laughs> um, Are you making a reference? I don't understand. It was a Pokemon reference. What's 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 Pokemon? Uh, <laughs> um, you're the one who wrote Pikachu in. Yeah, you're the one three. who made an Electabuzz joke already. <laughs> yeah, really. 
I would choose Joe just because it's really kind of amazing to see how much he grows throughout both uh, Adventure and Adventure O2. Huh. Because I made a note in one of the episodes, I guess it was the one with, in this arc with Joe and Goemon, that he, even in this episode, already wants to be a, wants to go to medical school. And I was surprised that like his arc, at least in terms of career, was already defined. Like it, he didn't change the, in that respect. Uh, there are complicated things with the dub and Joe and, and medical school, actually. But it's it, it's a lot about the pressure from his father and his older brothers to go into medical school. Hmm. Okay. I, I feel like they cut some of it out of the dub, but it's... I don't know. And they probably added it in places, too. I really... I mean, he's, what, 12? 11? <laughs> what 12 or 11 year? What elementary schooler is like, yeah, I'm going to go to med school. It's like, not even, I'm going to be a doctor. It's, I'm going to go to med school. Because <laughs> so, I totally love school so well, much. Joe does totally love school, supposedly. Well, see, then it makes sense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> med school is hell. <laughs> Yeah. But, um, yeah. So that's the thing with Joe. So, so you're choosing the episode with Joe and Sora. Yeah. I have a hard time choosing because I guess I, none of these really stood out. I guess I would have to go with the probably the most boring one in terms of reasons, and it would be the the last one, the one where they actually take down Devimon. Um, and I, I can't. I know it's boring. I can't say that rewatching it, I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. It's just. <sighs> When I look back on the other arc, like this is the one arc, that one episode that I found enjoyable in it, and it's like it's really only enjoyable for the obvious. It's not even obvious. It's like when you think about things that are interesting, it's like oh yeah, because the plot happens in it. I actually <laughs> found that episode most boring to watch of these five. Yeah, mm. but probably because I've seen it so many times. Kind of like Digivolve fight Andromeda. Yeah, and they Digivolve like over and over, and yeah. But the one, the one shot of them all gnawing on Devimon is really cool. <laughs> really funny if you say so until i can make a gif of that i guess i just don't love this arc in general yeah um, and i guess as far as the pairings i feel like none of the pairings really sold me aside from matt and ty and there was stuff, the rest of the stuff that happens in that episode i didn't really you know like oh yay like it's a bunch of ty and agumon sitting on frigimon and i don't know <laughs> See, for that episode, I liked all the stuff except Matt and Ty's little altercation, but we can get into that huh. later. A really sexy altercation. Yeah, I have in my notes, this is the episode that uh, inspired a million <laughs> Except there are gayer episodes between Matt and Ty later on. This planted the seed. Yes, this was the beginning. I mean, part of me is like with the pairing thing, like, yeah, only Matt and Ty felt natural. And I wonder if I would have liked it better if like Mimi and Sora had been paired together. And then Matt and Joe, or not Matt and Joe, Izzy and Joe. Then TK can still be by himself because when tiny child <laughs> who has a Digimon who has a Digimon. Right. What I hated about the Joe and Izzy episodes was like the gender dynamics within them. But I feel like you still would have gotten an interesting dynamic between Sora and Mimi because they have not really similar personalities. Like it still would have been funny, and there wouldn't have been the problematic like oh, the dude has to be a jerk or the leader thing going on. Yeah. Huh. I I do agree with you that it still would have been interesting. Um, I kind of like the way they were split up here. I have... Um, actually, I was going to subsume this into my uh, discussion about team building, but um, it's sort of split up that... Um, Joe and Sora are largely the group's caretakers, so they were together. And Matt and Ty are, you know, driving forces, the heavy hitters, the alpha dudes. So it makes sense that they were together. And Mimi and Izzy, this is this one's a little harder of a stretch, but a little bit. Little bit. But in a way, they are kind of the specialists. 
um, Izzy with his computer, obviously. But Mimi has, even now, she is the one that sort of gets people on her side. Gets Digimon on her side anyway, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. Um, so while I agree that um, some of the pairings, if, if the idea here was to make the kids come together as a team, some of the pair, well, particularly Mimi and Izzy, just doesn't work very well. Um, <laughs> I do like the way it, it panned out. I guess in a way it also is kind of optimized for maximal conflict uh, in terms of, I feel like Joe and Sora are probably the least fitting that theory, but I mean. But that's exactly what happened is they like artificially made conflict by having it be like, Sora, you're going to artificially make Joe the leader. <laughs> oh, that was, oh, anyway. <laughs> I mean, I, I do like the, as far as excuses to get everyone split up into teens, I do like this as an excuse, um, as a, like, as a reason to have an arc and have them split up. Um, it is, it's, it's a good way to transition from these kids are all together, whether they want to or not, to show them actually wanting to get back together, um, which isn't something we really seen before. They kind of just happen to be near each other and it's like, no, we need to get back together, um, which I'm sure as we'll find in a couple of episodes, we'll conflict with what happens later on. Um, Izzy, Izzy doesn't care. <laughs> Izzy will care. Izzy, by the end of the episode, does care. Well, I guess as soon, I don't know, it's, it doesn't take that long for him to be like, oh, I need to help her, um, which is kind of why I think that conflict is kind of artificial. It's, he's just like, I don't even notice you're here to, of course I need to save you. Like, it doesn't feel like a real character motivation. The writing in these episodes was even more subpar than usual. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're finding their bar to go below. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I want to say nice things about these episodes, but yeah, I guess there's a reason I don't remember them very well. <laughs> I, I actually, I guess I didn't remember them. I remember the the ice one because that's like a very distinct setting. Oh yeah, and that one get got replayed all the time on TV. You mean like that one scene where Matt just like runs like five times? They did that. With, they did that with the whole <laughs> that's episode. That's not what I meant. But <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean it's a metaphor for not a metaphor, but the same way they replayed Matt running five times played the episode. Yeah, uh, I like how they had. So at this point, we had seen everyone digital everyone in the first not the first episode we did i guess the second episode of Digit we covered the episodes where every character gets their own digital and, except tk well right and then finally this arc we get an episode where tk and Padamon on their own it's like he's finally gonna digivolve nope <laughs> nope and it's like it's especially clear in the japanese names the episodes are like episode names are like the blue wolf garurumon when garurumon digivolves or scorching heat bergemon when bergemon digivolves um so there's kind of a, form- a formula that if you know, you know the next episode is going to be the Bergeron episode that this this ep- the primary village episode set up and then subverted, but it didn't. Really, it subverted it and then had him digivolve the next episode, so it wasn't very. I don't know. I don't really understand the point, but it was interesting. And another note, like it makes me wonder the way that they introduce the concept of digi eggs and then use them an episode later. Is that effective foreshadowing or is that just, you know, they needed an episode to explain what a digi egg was before making that central to the plot? It is the latter. I think it's more than just foreshadowing your setup because that episode was about TK and the fact that he is the youngest. Well, so why is the youngest dealing with the babies? Like, Elekmon also would seem pretty immature and childish. Yeah, Elekmon is a rookie level. I was wondering about that. I was wondering if it's a thing in the digital world for the adults to go off and for the kids to look after the younger kids until medium kids are big enough to go off. Kind of interesting. Well, I have a theory. It's not really... It doesn't really become relevant until Gatamon, but that the only way that they did evolve naturally is through hardship. Um, yeah. And that makes you wonder if, 
you know, like someone who's taking care of the babies wouldn't be the one who had gone through lots of hardship. Like Alekman isn't some grizzled. But then you have people like, uh, like what's what's his name? The centaur. I refer to him as a centaur now. Centaurmon? Centaurumon. Centaurumon. Um, and Leomon, like, are those people supposed to have been, like, through battle and stuff? It seems know. pretty clear that they have. Um, also, Centaurumon has, like, a ring around his crotch area. Does he? Where? I'm gonna look that up now. Why did you notice that? <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> Why are you bringing this up? Because <laughs> it bothered me. Oh my god. But... I... I guess it's like we're he just has blueness in his ball area. No, but there's a <laughs> ring in the blueness. I don't believe you. That link that I image I shared. Oh, like a piercing. Oh yeah, that's what I meant. Don't have a ring. Kind of weird. <laughs> Isn't it? That's pretty weird. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, why would you add that? It just, you know, draws attention to there being something there when I would assume they wouldn't want to draw attention his to his crotch. crotch. It's his stomach. His crotch is all the way in oh, the Oh, yeah, back. that's true. It's a navel piercing. Yeah. Oh, so that's like where his belly button would be? Kind of. he's like a horse dude. You'd expect, I don't know. Okay, well, you want to talk about weird piercings in Digimon? Just look at Anjumon. What is that? What are those? <laughs> why are they there? What purpose What is Anjumon? <laughs> <laughs> I really want to use that clip. What is that? What are those? <laughs> oh, that's true. I did think about that. That has to be a reference to something, right? I, it really doesn't. Angemon has to be a reference no, like, to something? like the things on his chest. Like, that has to be a reference to something, right? The, like, bullet wounds? Like... <laughs> uh, yeah, they're not ringing any bells for me. It just looked like he got shot, and he's like, I'm a badass, look at me. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Mm. I have heard Anjumon referred to as, like, bondage pretty boy Digimon. Oh my god, he totally is, though. <laughs> yeah. Especially with his little blue ribbon thingies going on. And the mask, I guess. Uh, Digimon Weird. designers have some interesting things out. <laughs> they were like, let's make an angel, but make him really unangelic. <laughs> How can I we mean, do that? <laughs> it, he doesn't look unangelic to me. He just, well, maybe that's because I grew up watching this show, but why? Even when they do make an angel that looks angelic, they still do some weird things. Well, that's because she has to match. Oh, no, I meant, I meant Lucimon. I pasted it in Slack. Looking. <laughs> oh, that's because he's always evil. That's not true. Wait. Yes, it is. His name is Lucimon. Okay, okay. There, there, there are a couple episodes. <laughs> well, that just means light, first of all. Yeah, there are a couple episodes of Cross Wars where you think he's not evil, I guess. Think but he says. is. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I saw those episodes <laughs> early enough to see. That was weird because it's like, we know he was the main villain of, this, of an entire season. So he's not just going to be good, right? I was hoping he'd be good. Then, oh well. <laughs> I just really wonder if... It's not just the Christmas one now. I'm thinking of the Bakuman one, too. Were these episodes different in Japanese? Because, like... Yes. Were they very different? I don't know if the um, the winter one was, but in the Japanese version of the Bakemon one, what Joe chants is actually a Buddhist mantra to make the um, Bakemon lose their... He does not say Bakemon lose their power over and over again. Okay, according to our recap, it was a not-at-all-religious chant. It was Buddhist. <laughs> Uh, right. But I'm thinking, like, there was definitely at least one line that referenced, like, Halloween. Yeah, there were a few. Yeah. I'm I, wondering if that was different in Japanese. I can't remember. I know that Halloween isn't as big a deal there as the States. Right. And, the, and the, the ice one with Matt and Ty was, like, 
Bridgemon talks with an accent that is very similar to Frosty the Snowman in the Frosty the Snowman okay, movie. Okay, Ashley, just describe your whole Frosty the Snowman and Winter. Describe your whole Christmas movie thing. Right. I don't know. Then there's visual things of, like, the Grinch and then... What are the visual things? It's very, uh, when, like, they're super mad at each other and then they're going to fall off a cliff. And then, like, I guess Ty is holding Matt from falling off a cliff is, like, when the Grinch is, like... Oh no! I'm gonna dump all the Christmas presents, and then his heart grows through. Wait, wait, wait! So is Matt the Christmas presents? Yes. Yeah. Matt is Ty's Christmas. Wait, Ty is the Grinch, and Matt is the Christmas present. Clearly. I mean, Matt is kind of a douche sometimes. Right. So why is why are he the presents? Why is he the present? But I said Ty is a douche sometimes. What? He's the main character. Oh, that doesn't stop. (laughs) Yeah. What? (laughs) I was kidding. Um. I don't know. And then there's just an abominable like creature, like an abominable snow. It was much more like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer than anything else. Describe how you've watched these movies over. I can vouch for that. Yeah. See, (laughs) I told you. Every Christmas, I'm like, yeah, they're gonna come on TV. (laughs) Let me watch them. Especially in college, I feel. Yeah. I was like, I need to feel like it's Christmas. (laughs) So I'm gonna watch this. Like, every night I would watch a different one. It was a good yeah. time, right? It was a good time. I like those movies. They changed these episodes on purpose to be more, like, American Christmas movies. <laughs> like, I don't know what the changes were, but I can almost certainly guarantee that. <laughs> but, I mean, if it was imagery, I don't know how they could have changed imagery. Yeah, they didn't change the imagery. Although... But they definitely changed lines. I'm really curious to see if the Matt running five times was in the Japanese. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm assuming that was, like, you know, some... Maybe, like, their fight got more violent in Japanese and they cut it out and they had to make up time. Yeah, so I thought in general it was interesting that n- none of the other kids have definitely said they don't want to fight yet, right? Not up until um, the the primary village episode where TK absolutely flat out refuses to fight. He refuses to let Patamon and Elekmon fight. So there is in the first episode when they're when they're in training and they're about to attack Kuagumon, most of them don't want the... They don't want their Digimon to fight a losing battle. I don't think any of them were like, <clears throat> violence is not the answer. And, and Mimi in particular was like, yeah, go ahead. Go for it. Because <laughs> I got the impression... I got the impression from that scene in episode one that it was kind of like trying to depict these things as being beasts that need to fight. And the kids were like, no, don't fight. And that that was kind of something they abandoned after that. But I guess your interpretation is true, too. But they weren't yeah. like they weren't they weren't like, don't fight. Let's run. They were just like, don't fight. I don't know. We're reading into like two seconds. They didn't have, they didn't have anywhere to run. Well, they fought on the cliff and everything turned out OK. Anyway, yeah, I, don't, so. I don't think they wanted to watch their Digimon die horribly. Yeah, they were like, you are a cute little blob and that's a big insect thing you're not yeah. doing that but i i, I patamon and elecmon should have been an even match they they seem to be a pretty even match because they're they about the same size war. yeah they're about the same size but tk was like don't fight he's the only one to make the digimon stop fighting <sighs> yeah but it's also the well, it's been the first time where the the person they're fighting is clearly not evil or possessed or a brute that doesn't that is just like a vicious beast or whatever right true True. Also, just, you know, childishness is always, when you're, like, a really young child, then they are, what, I don't know, in childish innocence. Like, oh, wow, okay, I disagree thing. completely with that. When I was a, a smaller, when I was younger, I was much worse. I would love to see you fight as. I, I actually, I made a guy cry. Uh, oh, that's so sad. Yeah, it was in third grade. I kicked him in the shin with my shin. <laughs> I kind of missed. Third grade is, like... 
older child. No, third grade is eight years. Three, third grade, you're eight and nine. Yeah. That's TK's age. He's eight. What? Yeah. He looks like he's four. <laughs> like, I'm you're going to say eight. he's four? He's eight. Okay, in Japanese, he's supposed to be in second grade. In English, he's supposed to be in third grade. So that's eight in the U.S. Yeah. version. Actually has no words to... <laughs> I'm just like, I, I feel like second grade is where you start to become evil. <laughs> I think it also, I think once you are, I think old, being an older sibling makes you a little bit more evil. Oh yeah, probably. I am an older sibling for that there. And Ash is the most evil person I know. Yeah. Sarcasm. But yeah, I think sibling rivalry in general makes you more like... I'm really mean to Andrew. You've seen me hey, be mean to Andrew. You are pretty mean to Andrew. <laughs> But I, I do think it's interesting that TK, as the one who's strong enough to beat Devimon, is the only one who doesn't want to fight at all. But how do you know that he's strong enough? But he doesn't. Once he has the once he has the power, once Padamon can digivolve, he'd... Well, he once Padamon has the power, TK's like, no, stop. Really? He like cries and shakes his head. I thought that was just because he didn't want to lose. Because how is he supposed to know that? Yeah, like he doesn't know that. Doesn't know what? Yeah, what? That Padamon can win. He doesn't know that Padamon's gonna die either. Right. Right. Uh... He has a lack of information that makes him say things. He doesn't want to <laughs> see the fight. Yeah. He doesn't want to see them, but he also... Hmm. Isn't he happy when he digivolves, though? He says something stupid, like, I want to take him home with me. <laughs> they all say something stupid, <laughs> oh my god, everyone reacts to that. Not everyone, like, a bunch of people react to that, and they all have the stupidest lines. That they, Yeah. I'm like, they probably were just filling things that, you know, weren't elaborate dialogue before. He doesn't He doesn't encourage encourage Anjuman to fight. He doesn't say anything about how strong he looks. He's just like, that's cool, let's go home and be safe. He doesn't talk about how he likes his hair. <laughs> <laughs> no, he does not. I'm saving that line for later. I, and I also, it makes me wonder about the show as a whole, because it is all about fighting, which isn't really a message you want to give to kids, I'd imagine. Yes, so many shows are about fighting. I know. I'm aware of that, but why Why in this one? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. So many shows are about fighting. They're targeted towards kids, and they all have, you know, have some underlying message of... You don't. You shouldn't need to fight or something. They all have. That's not even. That's not even this message though. Digimon never says that. Uh, season three is okay. Well, I don't remember season three. Season three is um, they. The thing that I was saying about the Digimon having a primal instinct to fight in the beginning. That's like you know, like full there. I'm not talking yeah. well. It's like a, a big part of season three. What I mean. That would make sense to me because I was gonna argue that in the show, you know, in the same way that. It takes it a step further from, like, Pokemon, where you're like, Pokemon are fighting, but you're friends with them, and they're cute little monster things, so it doesn't really matter, right? Right. Digimon is like, you have that, and they're in a totally different world, and the Digimon are made out of, like, data, so who cares? Like... It's also a matter of survival in, in Digimon that isn't there in Pokemon. Right. But see, then it would make sense to me for season three to be the one that is more, oh, we shouldn't fight because it's more set in, like, the real world where it seems there would be real consequences. <laughs> well, the Digimon do go to the real world in seasons one and two. Well, yeah, but season three does have a lot yeah. more fun out. I mean, season yeah. three, there is actually death. Right. Uh, season three is very much, like, mostly set in the real world. Right. Are you saying the real world matters more than the Digimon? Digital world? Uh, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you know, according to Cross Wars, according to Cross Wars, the digital world existed before the real world. That or makes something. no sense. I, I may be making that up. I think it was something like existed before the internet, but then the internet they started tapping into it and like noticed it or something. I don't. Know. Still makes no sense. Uh, we didn't watch this season because it's bad. So <laughs> Cross Wars isn't that bad. Uh, Cross Wars Part Three of Three is terrible. I watched part of Cross Wars. I it was not that good. Gender time. Gender time. Oh, Come on, my Grant God, gender time. Off to a very gender time. No, I hate that show. <laughs> the fun will never what? end. It's gender time. No, stop it. So Mimi and Izzy was first. All right, that's my most hated episode. So let's go. <laughs> what did I dislike about this episode? Well, first of all, seriously, Mimi just gets hit on by Digimon that sling poop, like, exclusively. <laughs> And, like, why? <laughs> it's actually not exclusively. Okay, and I think, I mean, the Numemon are poop, right? <laughs> Even better. Is he I couldn't tell if Sukumon uh, is poop or not. He is, like, shaped is like a poop. Sukumon is poop. Numemon are, like, sewage or something. Yeah. So they're probably also poop. I thought that was just, like, an American dub to say sludge instead of poop. But they were in the sewer. They were in the sewers, yeah. and they, they were throwing poop. They were all throwing poop. They are all poop Digimon. Right. They, they, all, think... they all threw poop, and in the dub, they said it was slow. Did they? At least for Numemon. I don't remember. Well, they're just dumb. Probably they did. But Numemon doesn't look like poop. Sukumon does. It also makes me wonder, are these representations of poop based on poop or based on the poop emoji? Is it all based poop on the emoji? emoji? Like, where did the yeah. poop emoji come from? It came from the Digimon <laughs> game. The the. That's not the origin of the... I mean, like, Oh, no. Actually, it might be the origin. Tamagotchi might be the origin of it. Guys, I don't care. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Gender. Gender. You get distracted by poop. Because <laughs> we're oh men. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> the, description, the description of this pile of poop emoji is a pile of poop that is shaped like a soft serve ice cream, brown in color, and for some reason smiling in a friendly and approachable manner. Jeff, did you really look up that? Jeff would yes. look up this. Why? <laughs> I really want to know where it comes from. Anyway. Anyway. I mean, they just, like, they also, like, literally invade her privacy in in very physical ways. Like, they touch her bag to activate her digivice, which is near her butt. <laughs> like, and, and I learned in high school that you do not go through a girl's bag. Yeah, you don't know what you'll find in there. <laughs> Compasses, apparently. <laughs> I found that especially convenient that they were at an age where she could dump her purse or her bag and not have anything awkward come out. But anyway, <laughs> I thought it was wow. especially weird that Sukumon, his arms are like, he looked like a poop, a cross between a poop emoji and an old man. And it was like a really old, creepy man. Uh, well, actually, he kind of has the same arm structure as Devimon. This is an arm structure that comes up a lot with evil. <laughs> I don't know. But Dev- Devimon's arms aren't that like creepy and old, are they? No, because they're propor- they're made proportional, sort of proportional to his size. Yeah. But if you shrunk them down and stuck them and made- turned them yellow and stuck them on Sukumon, <laughs> they'd look the same. <laughs> That's a lot of things to do to them. Yes. The one line that got me in this episode was, um, a gorgeous girl like you must have a big brain. I yes. really didn't know how to feel about that. Well, I, I don't like that line. Because it's interesting that, you know, linking beauty with intelligence, but at the same time, like, what? <laughs> yeah, it was all sorts of confusing. Yeah. I mean, it was- it's like... It's not really that subversive because in our society, it's like, yeah, you have like the dumb blonde cliche, but in general, it's always proven that like prettier people get ahead in life more. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's, it's also, um, 
a very common thing in all visual media that good people, uh, valuable people, are prettier. It was just like... I, I guess Mimi handles these things well? She does. She doesn't give them any slack. Um... She, yeah, she's also, It's. I guess it could be really problematic if she were, like, happy with the attention and she was like, oh, yeah, I'm getting so much attention, which I guess does happen later, but that's... <laughs> with things that aren't poop. <laughs> yes, with things uh, yeah, that aren't they poop. aren't poop, and it's also clearly shown as being a bad thing. I don't feel so bad about it. Yeah, okay, well, the other problematic gender thing is her dynamics with Izzy, mm. and I, had, I actually had more of a problem with, I mean, Izzy is obviously a jerk, so... That's Problem not true. That. That's not true. I, he's not a jerk aside from this episode. Okay, but in this episode, he's a jerk. Yes. Anyway, yeah, because but then I actually have. Too. I have a problem with Pentamon being, like, his line of, he's actually a good boy, is just like, boys will be boys, and you should forgive mm. them, and I'm like, no! <laughs> I fucking yeah. hate this. I agree. Um, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't read that so much as a gender thing. It's, like, it's bad because they are two different genders, and, like, the guy dismissing the girl's very valid concerns... Yeah. And, like, she was surprisingly patient with him. <laughs> right? <laughs> but, um, at the same time, like, we do know that Izzy is not good with people. I didn't read it as, mu- as much of a gender thing. Yeah, do we have the actual, do we know what the actual line was? Pentamon says he gets a little wrapped up in his work and he doesn't always interact well with others, but he's a good boy. That line is really weird because it's like, what does Pentamon know about Izzy's work? It's like he's, <laughs> he's talking like he's a parent. <laughs> This is homework. Yeah. And, and it's like, Pentamon, okay, pointed out the things that Ash just said, but it also ends with specific gender. Yeah. He is a good boy. He's a good boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Tentomon does know Izzy gets wrapped up in things because Tentomon was the one stuck with him in the giant battery. Before. Yeah, but that was one, one yeah. time. Yeah. It's all he needs. And that wasn't really, that wasn't really work. You know, it wasn't. Well, neither is this. It's the same thing he's doing. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Except he yeah. was even more uncommunicative this one. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I have more to say about this episode, too, in a not quite gender way. But even when they were fighting together, uh, they kept getting in each other's way. Um, Mimi gets sort of crushed against the wall by Kabuterimon and, and in Kabuterimon's uh, butt. Izzy, yeah, by his butt. And Ka- and <laughs> Izzy almost gets like, oh, yeah, needled to death by Togemon. And I was like, okay, I don't want these two fighting alongside each other anymore. (laughs) Somebody (laughs) save them from themselves. (laughs) So that was just a little aside teamwork, I guess. But (laughs) I think think it was just showing that boys and girls can't coexist in the same room. Except Joe and Sora do just fine. Oh, you want to talk about Joe and Sora, do you? (laughs) I do want to talk about Joe and Sora. Okay, let's go. Sora dismisses any leadership role and gives it all to the guy. Yeah, yeah. it really pissed me off. Okay. Yeah, I agree on but that front. Can we start by, off by saying, before people get angry at us for maybe thinking we missed the point, yes, the point is that Jode isn't confident in himself and she wants him to feel better about himself. It's not that she's actually, you know, she's letting him be the leader for a day. Yeah. But, right, so it's not that in a natural situation, Sora would be, dis- would be not dismissive, um, submissive. But it's still, it feels very arbitrarily and randomly set up that he needs to be the yeah. leader. Like, I think the setup is that yeah. he gets attacked by Ogremon and then feels bad about himself. And, like, Sora just makes even. this up. Right, like, Sora just makes that up. Gomamon made it up, yeah. Oh, Gomamon and then, like, told Sora to? Yeah. 
Yeah. Hmm. And then Sora's like, um, okay, I guess. Like, So it wasn't even her agents. Right. Well, she was just going on with Gomon. She... Or did they, like, agree to do it together? After, after she agreed to do it, she was the driving force behind it. But And it was... It, it always did seem clear to me that she was perfectly capable. But I agree that, like, why did they try to make Joe the leader? Joe is reliable, but not... I wonder if that was the translation error. Like, there was a better reason in the Japanese. Doesn't matter, because we're watching the dub. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that was weird. It's just also, it's like the one situation in which, unless they all get split up again into pairs, I guess. That's never going to happen. Sora could have, ex- <laughs> which Sora like would have been the leader. Like as soon as Matt and Ty come back, you know, like whatever. But like. Oh, well, yeah. I don't know. I guess if, if Ty weren't there, who would be the leader? I don't know. I guess. Well, we'll find out, won't yes. we? And I, and I, yeah, I guess when I think about it, the, the role that Sora has at that point, I think is very fitting for her. But anyway, we're not talking about that now. I just, I feel like there would have been other ways to give Joe confidence without yeah, making him the leader. He really See, this is the children's show. I mean, he could have just still beat Bakuman. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. I still yeah. like that episode. That's because I like Joe. <laughs> I don't I don't like what they do to Mimi in Izzy episode, but I do like the emotions they show with her. We get to see her actually like legitimately mad for good reason. She wasn't just and this is an episode where she isn't just throwing away one liners about clothes or shoes like she wants to get back to the others. She wants Izzy to go with her. She doesn't want to leave him there. Okay, but she does. She doesn't react well. And she reacts in, at least in in terms of going into the labyrinth, in a very stupid way, which frustrated me. What did she do? She, like, gets mad that Izzy isn't responding, so she runs into the maze, which is, like, doesn't make any sense. Um, I feel like that's a valid emotional response. She runs into something and gets lost and then can't help herself out of it. Like, I feel like she could have done something that she didn't lose. Does she know that she's going to get lost in it? Why would you run into a maze? Like, she could but storm... does she know it's a maze? Like... When you walk into it and you realize it looks confusing, you stop. I don't know. It just felt like... I'm not sure you've ever walked into a maze, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> it normally looks, normally looks kind of normal, and then you make a few turns and realize that it all looks the same. That's true. Ashley and I lived in a maze. <laughs> we, we remember what it was like. <laughs> the thing is, yeah. I feel like it, it demeans her to have her go off and storm and like show that she's angry and then have to be saved, right? Like she could have yeah, retained all of her. I don't know, but I, I guess that's the arc they wanted to show that like then he redeems himself by helping her. But she shouldn't have gotten herself in that situation in the first place. Uh, I wonder. I wonder if they could shouldn't have, have ignored her, right? But I'm like, could they have done that arc? Could they have shown him coming around and helping her in a way that didn't involve her putting herself in a stupid situation? Like she could have been attacked. Outside of her control. Well, like I said, also it's outside. But like, I feel like it's worse to have her put herself into a stupid situation. And even if yeah. you're right that like, okay, there are reasons why you wouldn't realize it's a maze. It still comes off as stupid. Yeah. Also, there was some line that she said in the beginning of the episode that I thought was really ridiculous. I can't remember what it was. It was like something about shampoo. What was it? Because you said that there wasn't any talk about hair. There was less. Well, actually, it wasn't even that there was less. It's that she had other lines that were... Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But I also think that Mimi was the useful one in this episode. Really? Yes. I mean, yeah, Izzy guided her out of the maze, whatever. But (laughs) Palmon digivolved first to fight um, Sentaruman. And Mimi was the one with the Digivice, and she's the one who kicked the Black Gear. Okay, that's so not following me, because, like, why didn't anyone think to do that? She drove the episode. But what? I was really frustrated that no one thought to do that, aside from her. Um. <laughs> you have to think less and then do it. Obviously. Bad to be a nerd in the digital yeah. world. <laughs> that's something that bothers me in general about Izzy's characterization, is that he's... 
that the writers don't really know how to write someone who's smart well. They, you know, make him say things that are just, I don't have a good example for this arc in particular, but um, in the other one, at least, he says a lot of things that are just gibberish, um, that the writer's like, oh, we don't know what that word means, so let's just throw it in. And yeah. to someone who actually knows about computers, it's really frustrating. Jeff, this show's for 10-year-olds. It is, okay, it didn't directly get me involved with computers, but like, I learned Photoshop to work with Digimon images. I learned HTML to make signatures on Digimon forum and knowing HTML has got me more involved with computers, which eventually made me learn programming. It's, nerd. Right. <laughs> okay. Yes. But how did I not know this? <laughs> know what? I didn't know that you learned Photoshop to crop pictures of Digimon. It wasn't cropping. It was a little bit indirect. I think at the time I mainly used Microsoft Paint because it was free and Photoshop I got like a free trial of and it lasted like 30 days and I, you know, tried to use as much as I could in 30 days. Um, but it's what set me on that road at least. And I definitely learned HTML to make signatures, which was, yeah. Wow. Back in the day when you could use HTML in a signature, you can make fancy tables. I even like embedded um, Beatles songs in my signature. Wow. Um, that was good. You with like scrolling, cool. with scrolling lyrics. Oh my God. It was awesome. You are the coolest. <laughs> wow. I'm learning so much about my fellow hosts. <laughs> Just yeah. Jeff, actually. Yeah, you already know all my secrets. <laughs> I do all already. So do we have more about gender? I don't. Yeah, I know. We, we, we I solved gender, I... right? Like, there's no more to talk about. Yeah, we solved all the gender <laughs> There's no more gender ever. Gender is over. Yeah. This won't be a recurring topic in every episode anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley and I won't talk about it for literal hours. No. What, what would happen if we just, next episode, swapped all the gender pronouns? It would be a much more interesting show. But like, if we just tried to keep all of our conversation the same, has this been, is this experiment ever been done to like, just swap yes. gender pronouns and see what happens? Yes, it has. Multiple times. Just look. What's the effect? In any fandom on Tumblr. Just look at it. What? What's the effect? Uh, you get a lot more girls. Wait, what? No, no. I think Jeff is trying to... I'm saying, what if we just change language and, like, not, not actually change the characters? I mean, like, oh. what if we just talk about That's it in a different way? Does that change the conversation? You know, if we stop referring to, you know, if we stop, if, if, we, stop, if we start referring to Ty as female, will we stop talking about his leadership ability? You know? I think we would change. Hmm. Probably. We're not going to do it, but... <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna do it. You could do a little experiment fun. on the side someday, but I, not for a whole episode. Yeah, that'd be too confusing. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought that the episode with TK was actually really good. <laughs> and like, I was like, this is so I I know that Ash really hates the trope of like childhood, childhood innocence. <laughs> but I thought it was really good at that. And yeah, I don't know. I didn't really have that much to say about it. I was trying to connect again. <laughs> Well, okay, so well, the first thing I thought when you mentioned this topic before was why is that important? Like, so one thing I think that we're thinking about in doing this podcast is highlighting the things about Digimon that are interesting, that stand out from other shows, that it does well, um, that people might not have realized it did well, whatever. And so you say that it, it represents childishness well. Is that something that is inherently hard to represent in cartoons that this exceeds at? I'm not I'm sure not it's... Sure. You go ahead. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm not sure it's hard to represent in cartoons so much as it's just hard to represent because the people writing shows are adults. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a thing in like 
in books, you read children and you're like, this is a really precocious, that word, child. (laughs) And you're like, this is completely ridiculous. And you rarely find a book where you're like, yeah, that actually is what a child would say. And that makes total sense. That's true. Yeah, I I forgot in thinking of this that that definitely applies. And is that a testament? Like, it seems like it's not something I think about often with cartoons. Is that because, or is in in, um, shows like this, like Pokemon or um, things with similar demographics like Power Rangers? Are are those shows just better at finding writers that know how to write children well? There are no children in Power Rangers. (laughs) Are the are Power Rangers? Power Rangers not a show for schoolers. It's not for similar demographics, really. I mean, it's meant for younger demographics, but they in high school are not children. Yeah, yeah. I think some of them are even graduated from high school in within the like by, by the time the show starts. Huh. I mean, I don't feel like anybody in Pokemon, particularly like a child. Exactly. Unless they're meant to be a little kid, and then it's just kind of demeaning. Yeah, I feel like the thing with shows meant for kids is that kids never want to be told that they're young or whatever. So you always try to portray them as like cool and older than they really are. <laughs> Whereas I feel like with TK, they're just like, yeah, TK is a little mature, a little naive, and it's great. <laughs> and he say he says really silly things, and it's awesome. And they're gonna play tug of war. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess I also wonder, would would a kid of his age being completely abandoned? I guess it's not completely abandoned. He does have Padmon. But I'm thinking, like, he should be pretty upset and, like, wondering how he's going to survive. But I guess maybe that's also something you wouldn't think about immediately. He did start crying. Yeah, I was going to say he did cry, so mm. there's that. But then when Padmon started crying, he was like, I'll take care of you, kind of. Not really. He distracted Padmon. Or Padmon distracted him, and he started talking to Padmon to try to figure out what was wrong. I think, for me, this episode doesn't um, ping my child um, sensors so much as my brother's Ping sensors. my child sensors? Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Is that, um, is that like when you're like looking, like you have a radar for children to abduct or something? And Yes, like, that's exactly what it is. I, I, have my, I have my white van ready and everything. <laughs> but um, for me, this episode is about, it's the closest we really get to seeing TK's past from TK's perspective. Because that's um, true. we have that yeah. flashback. We have that flashback to their family was still together and Matt goes and helps him. And we see TK trying to be the responsible one among all these babies and immature Digimon. I think for me, it's him trying to grow up or trying to be the grown up, trying to be what Matt is to him. Yeah, there's also in, um, I guess it's much more of a thing in the beginning of Tamers, um, the first third of the series or whatever, that there are a lot of episodes or a lot of um, scenes with just the partner, with just the kid and their Digimon. And that's really something that I guess outside of this episode, and most of the seasons don't really address that, that I can think of. Um, like what, but I guess, never mind. I don't think this is actually that connected. Because it's, it's not really about, it's not really about TK raising Padamon at all. But I think even in case of TK, you know, being the more adult one in the episode, they still make him effectively a child trying to play yeah. an adult. So yeah, that is what I liked about it. <laughs> Also, where did he get that uh, kimono? <laughs> You're trying to apply logic to this? No, no, I just like, where did that Because I mean, come I'm from? recording in Logic Pro 10 if you want to get logic. No, that's okay. I just. 
Actually, I do have questions. Why were the Bakemon people? Where did TK get that outfit that was meant for people? Where did they get the rope for tug of war? Think about it too much. Yeah, where did they get the rope for tug of war? I could imagine Elakmon had that around because he had a fishing net made out of. So I know they had to have feathers in Primary Village to foreshadow Angebon in the next episode. But does that mean that there that those big pillowy blocks were actually like had bird feathers in there? Are they bird feathers? Are they angel feathers? Do they like are there other Angemon or other angels or Lucimon or something? Do they take the feathers from and put them in the pillows? <laughs> Is there, like, a factory where they just harvest Angemon feathers? Probably they came like that because things just happen in the digital world. Things just grow out of the ground. Okay, so there's the kimono. You can plug your... Okay, the kimono grew out of the ground. <laughs> you can plug your computer into a tree. Yeah, I mean, you can plug your computer into a tree, so it could just come out of the ground. Who knows? <laughs> okay, at least it's like... That makes sense. It's like, it's the digital world. Everything's digital. You can just plug it into whatever. That makes some sense. The feathers, the feathers <laughs> coming out of nowhere. I don't buy that. Feathers aren't digital. Oh, I'm going digital, completely digital. Yeah, everything's completely digital, so I don't know what you're talking about. You got anything else to say about TK? I, I do think that <laughs> all the kids are more childish than you get to see in other shows. What other okay. kids shows are you comparing? Valid. That's all I have to say. I was thinking of Yeah, Pokemon. Pokemon, they kind of always act like adults that I can think of. Like, they're, they can really take care of themselves. Well, I guess they do in this, too. Never mind. But they, I don't know. Pokemon, it feels like they're... In, in Digimon, it's a much bigger deal that they have right. to take care of themselves. And Digimon... They're always hungry. And Digimon goes out of its way <laughs> in most seasons to talk about family. Yeah, uh, for sure. Although, I hate when they don't. But that's one reason I really like how season three handles that from the beginning. In season one, it's kind of... And it makes sense in the story. But it's kind of... And not really an afterthought. But I mean, it's not really... Present until about whatever halfway and then it becomes you know then they fully flesh out the parents which makes sense but well they do hint at it a lot that's true episodes we already we already got foreshadowing on izzy yeah and mimi said she had a little brother i don't think that's That's, i was wondering that when she said it i I don't think she. (laughs) i thought Um, thought maybe there's like a baby or something but no because i feel like mimi's supposed to be an only child she is an only child i'm pretty sure maybe they like because i don't think we we've never seen her sibling if she has one and they do meet all the families yeah multiple times but i'm trying to think in season two do they season two they definitely like show some of the family but i never got us that i can remember that they fully showed all the family yeah i'm making that up though well i mean mimi's family moved to america oh yeah but i mean america <laughs> they said that so that they could dye her hair pink <laughs> That's a thing that happens more in Japan. Yeah, that's. I don't know. <laughs> but do we ever meet Davis's parents? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Okay, I'll stop talking about this until we actually get there. But it's it's especially bad in season four. But season four, I guess, almost entirely takes place. In yeah. Addition. So. And e- even then, we still get a lot of family. Really? Um, we meet Takuya's family. Yeah, that's because he's like obsessed with a um, birthday cake or something. Something like that. And Tomiki has an older brother, and that's his whole like character arc. Is that Who's, he has an older is that brother? the English name? Tommy. Oh yeah. And then you know Koji and Koichi. But spoilers. I didn't say anything. I just they're just, they're just there. Them. They're just there. Spoilers. I just mentioned them. They're there. They have family, I think. They they have family. I mean, they don't. They're both only sibling. Wink, wink. I mean, they have family that's not siblings. Oh, yeah. What are you trying to say? Well, see, that's what bothers me about those relationships is that they have siblings and it's like, that's how the, that's how far they went in expanding their families. And yeah. Yeah. What I like about Digimon is that families are an important part. When you're when you're that age, family is an important part of yourself and how you define your family. I think it's important at any age in some way. I guess so. But it feels... It changes as you get older, but yeah. Yeah. It feels very... I guess, I guess there are reasons. I guess that's why most Disney movies or every Disney movie has the parents die in some way. 
because <laughs> you, can, you can relate with them more if they don't it gets have too, this. It gets too complicated with their parents involved. Well, yeah, I guess that too. But it's also like, if it's about their specific relationship with their parents, you don't relate with it as much. Like, you don't, you would relate with Izzy more if you didn't, unless you're adopted, you would relate, relate with Izzy more if you weren't adopted. And I think it's good that they add these characterizations because for the people who are adopted, they can then identify with him um, as opposed to keeping things generic and... Um, I don't know. Like, if you add, anytime you add more characterization, you're going to separate some people, but you're also going to embrace other people. It's not just about identification, though. It's important that Izzy's adopted, even for kids who aren't adopted, because you get to learn what that's like. You get to see what that's like. You get to feel what that could be you like. You get to learn all the stereotypes of what that's like. Yeah, yeah. those are basically fraud <laughs> stereotypes, but. Yeah. Stereotype away, shit, kids. Yeah. Don't actually know it's bad. Sorry, uh, I'm just thinking about how much I like Izzy's mom. <laughs> Izzy's mom has got it. Not like that. <laughs> okay, can we delete Ashley's call now? <laughs> <laughs> no. We obviously haven't seen a lot of Digimon death yet, but the this arc showed the first deaths that we've had. Um, it also introduced the first birth. You're right, it did. I didn't think about that. Oh my god, the circle of life. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've kind of arbitrarily decided what the arcs are. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. Um, although, the two episodes are back-to-back. Right, it's like, the first Digimon dies, then we get birth, and then more Digimon. And then we get more birth, sort of. Potential birth. But, um, I mean, are we sure that Bakemon died? Yeah, that's what I'm confused about. Are we sure that Bakemon died? I remember what happens to him. Doesn't he, like... He gets torn to shreds. But he was already, like, an amalgamation of Bakemon. See, that's what bothers me about and why I want to discuss it last week was He didn't that, turn into sparkles like Devimon and Anjumon did. But do any, I, that's the problem. I feel like most of the things that they were that looking back at the season they consider deaths, it's it's ambiguous what happened to the character. It's ambiguous what happened to them, aside from when the main aside from good people die and they like make a grave for it. But I don't know, I feel like I think that's because the tone they were going for this, they didn't want to show gruesome deaths of every Digimon they fought. Aside from Devimon, they wanted to show that Devimon was really dead. Except um, he's not. Well, because there's no death in this universe. Right. Which is really frustrating. <laughs> which is another thing I want to talk about. I don't know if you're ready for that in this thing, but like, what's the point of talking about death? Because like, no one really like to just come back, and we don't know that yet. They said it. Well, oh, he said it, but didn't. we don't know it for a fact yet. Wait, no, they he didn't. He said yeah. Anjuman said he'd come back if you want me to. Right. right. So Anjuman, yeah, Anjuman said that, and I was thinking like, oh yeah, we know that at this point Devimon doesn't really die because he gets reborn. But no, the only thing they said was that Devimon was born in Primary Village, and it's only later on that they say that once they reboot things whatever that everyone will be reborn uh huh okay so at this point okay <laughs> at this point we still think there are some consequences well there are consequences to death you die yeah and you get turned into a an egg and then you and then you wait like five episodes and then you're back to normal <laughs> felt longer <laughs> i know it does but i'm pretty sure padamon is back oh no padamon's not back until after after ty comes back it's in that episode i comes back that padamon so it is quite a while uh but i think he becomes tokemon pretty soon i think he becomes tokemon within Oops. that's probably true but yeah like i guess we we don't know for sure that the bakemon died but it is the first time they actually like really took out a digimon yeah jojo sora too and i guess it's, it's also the first time where it's been required you know, like bakemon and devimon were the first digimon they fought that are that were genuinely evil aside from possibly ogremon that were like actually malicious and 
Oh, you know, God's not evil. He's too dumb to be evil. I've been editing. <laughs> I, I remember your your talk about episode one, the show about how Ogreman isn't your favorite, not your favorite. Liked him from the beginning. I I did Which like Ogreman. I, I don't understand. Has that changed at all now that we've seen it? No, I still like Ogreman, but I mean, obviously, I have you know stuff to look forward to with him. Right. So if I didn't know there was anything more, I would kind of just found him annoying so far. Not kind of. I mean, actually annoying. I think I found him funny because he actually like reacts to things. I guess I did find it. I did find it interesting that he doesn't get possessed by Devimon, goes along with it, doesn't like it at first, kind of just doesn't want to work with Leomon. I found that dynamic somewhat interesting. Yeah. But not enough to like him. <laughs> I'm more forgiving. Also, he's green. That's probably a point in his favor. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> also, I really that that one scene in... I guess it's the beginning of the last episode of this arc when he's holding a baby Digimon in Primary Village. Just made me think of the like scene at the end of the season when they're all when they all take a picture in Primary Village. Yeah. I don't even Wow. Yeah. Do you even watch Digimon? Okay, I found it. So Andromon is not there for some reason, but Dana is in a um Gardramon. Okay. I might make this up, but I feel like he in this scene when they take a picture carries a baby Digimon to call back to it. But I don't know if you're making that up. I really don't remember. I have questions about the nature of the digital world and Digimon and constructs and what are they all actually made of because um Devimon turned Ogremon into black gears and then absorbed it absorbed the gears and then uh Ogremon showed up again inside of him fully formed except inside of him and then Anjumon knocked Ogremon out of Devimon and he was fine and he wasn't gears anymore and Devimon has put Black Gears into other Digimon to control them. And it made Leomon bigger. I remember that. <laughs> and it made and himself bigger. He did make himself bigger. Wait, did I'm trying to think when, when Devimon grows huge, are those just wait, is it just Ogremon's Black Gears or is it other gears too? It's just Ogremon. Huh. You can't quote me on that. But um the islands are all made of black gears pretty much, or they have black gears in them. It seemed like they were made of black gears. Why didn't he use those? Yeah, there should have been so many. Like when I was writing the recap, I was like, I, I, I think, I think my first draft was like, I said Devimon absorbs the remaining black ears, and then I was like, okay, that's definitely wrong. There's one in the next episode. But then I was like, it probably isn't with even without that one left. That's probably not all of them. And yeah, why wouldn't he? Oh, whatever. <laughs> what is and what does he get out of uh, controlling Digimon with the black ears? Because he doesn't actually seem to control them unless they're nearby. If 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 um, he black ears them, mostly they just get really angry and out of control. Like what? purpose does that serve him why is he doing this evil evil i just why um uh because devimon is a lame villain <sighs> he's very imposing physically but yeah his motivations don't really except for the one motive of trying to destroy tk that's the one thing that makes sense except he goes yeah. about it extremely bad. i don't know i think he does it pretty well it just happens in the moment like there's nothing he could have oh okay yes he could have attacked tk he from the beginning he could have left the island killed the kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that really frustrated me. Like he also the timeline doesn't make any sense because um, Ogremon and Leomon are there getting reprimanded by Devimon at the beginning of the TK episode, and then TK lands, and they've already been reprimanded for losing in the their respective episodes. But actually, so TK was in the air for a really long time. <laughs> you know what? Maybe that, that maybe maybe they just played the scenes out of order because. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense why they don't attack him in that episode. I don't know. And they only wait until the end. So I think it does make sense. They just played the scenes weirdly. I don't think we're supposed to question this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't think I'm supposed to be questioning this whole what are Black Ears, what are Digimon, what's the world thing. Yeah, you're getting really existential. <laughs> I think that's worthwhile to at least examine whether the show is consistent. Um, like, Tamers does a really good job of that in terms of setting up rules for 
you know, like if you kill a Digimon, you can absorb its data and that increases your power and that gives you their attack. And they. Tamers? Yeah. Frontier does that too. You get the attack of the person that you, you destroyed? Don't get the, well, you, if you get, if it's one of the um, big bad guys, you get their. Oh, their spirit. spirit. Yeah, they, they, they did that thing. I guess you were, they were like collecting the parts of the world that the bad guys had destroyed or something. Yeah, right? they're doing that too. Yeah. That was towards the end though. But I guess those are the elements that makes those seasons more of sci fi with like defined rules and then this is more of a fantasy with like anything can happen because like if everything's made of the same stuff really why couldn't devamon just eat the island and get massive <laughs> and um i think it's interesting that devimon and anjimon are the ones that can do this because anjimon does this too not with the black ears but he takes the energy from the other kids digivices and that makes their digimon shrink yeah back down to rookie size and that's that's a that's going to happen again later with Angel Moon. Yeah. I'm trying to totally. think, does anyone, does any other Digimon do it? Absorb power? Although I guess uh, she doesn't get them from the Digivices. She just, like, they attack her thingy thing. Yeah. So maybe that's not really the same. Not quite the same. But she does, she is converting other energy into her energy. Yes. Um, does it happen? Swear. I think it does. Um, I can't think of a specific time, but. Yeah, I mean, that's conversion, not. Conversion happens. It's not important when the other times are, but I'm, what I'm worried of is saying, like, oh, this is really important because X happens. If it's like, well, X happens every other episode and we just forgot about it, but that's probably not the case. <laughs> it doesn't happen often. Oh, there's, there is one time later that's kind of weird. Never happens any other time, but I'll, I'll talk about it. What, what is it? It's a super gay moment that happens later. <laughs> super gay? Super gay. Okay. Now we're going to do our ridiculous dialogue draft where each of us picks three lines of dialogue that we thought were especially ridiculous or stupid or funny. Or poignant. Did I say poignant? I didn't know we were allowed to pick poignant lines. Yeah, I didn't know we were allowed to pick poignant lines. Fine, well, whatever. <laughs> we can do that going forward. Um, okay. And we compete over getting to choose which ones we think are best. Or we could say, like, we're claiming them. We're, we're peeing on them to mark our territory. <laughs> That's exactly what we're doing. <laughs> God, okay. I, I have to pick PK going. I want to take him home with me. After seeing on <laughs> Digivolve, it's just like, what? <laughs> 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 like doesn't he already have Padamon? Like Well he didn't take him home. But like does he does he really want to take home Angemon instead of Padamon? Like one is much more portable than the other. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. You know, maybe it could have been like, he's like in the painting or something. I don't know. Even Blar. <laughs> just fire these writers, man. Anyway, that's my first pick. Next. Jeff gets to go next. Okay, my first pick is when, and after Angemon defeats Devamon and is dying, and we as an audience who have watched it before know he is sacrificing himself, using all his power or whatever, or channeling everything through him, and he's going to die and come back as a Digi-Egg. Um, but what he says is... TK, I'll come back again if you want me to. And I find it ridiculous because it's so passive aggressive. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Do you love me, TK? Do you? <laughs> TK is crying. He's like, oh my god, don't leave me, Angemon. And Angemon's like, I'll come back if you like show you really care. Like, oh, cry god, more, then I'll come back. It's absolutely true. <laughs> All right, well. I mean, there seems to be a theme of picking lines from the last episode, so I'll pick the one line that I pointed out, which is much more ridiculous than either of the lines Jeff and Asher have said. And I guess it's when they're all fighting. They're fighting Ogremon, and Ogremon says, Didn't anybody ever tell you not to play with fire? Someone did get hurt, namely me! <laughs> I don't even have that one written down, I just remember. That one's so sad. <laughs> 
That, that was like not even a good joke. Well, I guess that's the point. Namely, me. It's just the way he says it. He's like, funny. <laughs> oh, the show. All right, my turn again. You're like physical notebook with this stuff? It's a legal pad. What? This is the <laughs> digital world. <laughs> it's easier for me to do work while I watch uh, on on Netflix and then I can down mm. and still go. Uh, this one is also from episode three. It's Ogremon again. <laughs> Over my stinky armpits, he will. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, you guys all laughed at me when I said it was my favorite episode and now you're picking all the lines from it. I don't have any other lines from it. Oh, wait, no, that's not true. I do have I only have one line from it. I already said my one line. Okay, so my next line is from the episode, I don't know, but the one with uh, Joe and Sora on the creepy church of the Bakuman. Uh-huh. And they keep mentioning that they think it's Halloween or something. And I guess they go inside. Oh, I know what line you're going to yeah. say. <laughs> I think they go inside the church and they're like, Because it's a trick. Huh? And you're the treat! It was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what shall I pick? I guess I'll go within the Ty Matt episode when Ty Ty's clothes are frozen. Oh, Agumon yeah. says, Don't worry, I can give you the latest hot look. Ty! Hey Agumon, that's smoking. <laughs> <laughs> that episode had a ton of really awful dialogue. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And then my last one, I won't pick one from episode three. Good luck with that. <laughs> there are some great, terrible, <laughs> awful things. Oh, I found one. Okay, episode 10. This is Tentomon. And um, he and Izzy are still flying around on their bed. They're about to crash. And Tentomon's just like, Try to think of it as if we're just hitting the beach. I was like, Tentomon, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, sad. <laughs> It's, it's my turn now, right? Yes, it is. Wah, wah. So mine I wrote down was episode 10. I'm not sure if that actually is the right number. Uh, no, mine's episode 11. Um, and it is in the opening as Joe and Goemon are at sea in the water. And Joe complains about how his bed is not a good boat, even though it's a perfect boat. It works exactly like he would want it to do as a boat. Anyway, and they get attacked by an Ogremon. No, they get attacked by Ogremon. And yeah, I'm confused. They're on the bed boat. And Joe is complaining about how he wished, he had, wished they had actually eating real food right wait now i'm confused because gomamon no 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 no, that's it gomamon ate all the food right they had joe had food in his bag with which they had with him on the boat bed and gomamon eats it and then joe is mad at him because joe's mad at him because he's like i want to eat some food and gomamon's like i could digivolve now and then at some point gomamon just says that's enough about food and i was like that is the most poignant line in this whole series because i'm sick of them talking about (laughs) the mechanics of food Really? I love their talk about food. It's just so, I don't know, it's like it's a silly detail that isn't interesting to add to the world, but then it becomes so annoying to talk about all the time, and they, they come up with like, you know, I wish it wasn't a crucial thing they consider, because I get annoyed when they break, if they break it, so I wouldn't want them to stop caring about it halfway through, but I also don't care about it enough for them to make it a plot point all the time, but... <laughs> So basically, it's just a quote that made you mad. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I was like, yes, Gomamon, I agree with you 100%. We're on the same page. <laughs> oh, God, I have two remaining ones. Which one shall I say? Oh, I'll say the one TK, episode 12. I don't remember the context of it, though. There's what some, like, there's like a waterfall or something, and he says, Look at all that water. Somebody must have let the bathtub overflow. <laughs> I just hope it didn't wash out our way of finding the others. Oh my god, yeah. that's like right at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm pretty sure it's like the shot is just TK facing the waterfall. And it, it, it totally seems like the kind of thing that in Japanese, you know, it would just be TK facing the waterfall with <laughs> ominous music. But in yeah. English, they're like, let's have this monologue about <laughs> a bathtub. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, you're right. The runner-up was <laughs> Mimi in episode 10, flying on her bed saying, Now that should be good for some frequent flyer miles. <laughs> oh, my God. What? <laughs> All right, you can find the show notes for this episode at poddigits.com slash three. We're at poddigits on Twitter, and I'm at definitely Jeff, even though I don't tweet about Digimon much. Uh, you can send feedback about the show to poddigits at gmail.com. If you found us on the web and are listening on the site, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes or in any podcast app, um, and you should because it'll help us get the word out. Um, next time, we'll be back to discuss an Elvis pers- impersonator in a monkey suit who chases children around a desert. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Also, ask you should have been like, did you baby boom? <laughs> boom bubble. <laughs> exactly. What? <laughs> boom bubble. <laughs> boom bubble. <laughs> also, did you get that? I just noticed that I said in the same paragraph as the poop Digimon, the, the centaur dumps exhibition on them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you laughing at your own jokes? I didn't mean that as a joke. Oh, it was unintentional? <laughs> yeah. That's why it's good. <laughs> why do we exist? Yeah. We exist to talk about Digimon? <laughs> yeah. That's, we exist. That's your entire purpose in life? We exist to overanalyze it and to use it as a lens to see humanity and our existence in the universe. I'm reading about how Divergent is going to have a suckier opening than I thought it would, and it makes me happy. <laughs> okay. Replace, replace Virgent with Jimon. <laughs> want Digimon to have a suckier opening than you thought? <laughs> I just mean stop talking about Divergent. Also, Joe is conveniently standing in front of um, Centaurmon's uh, pelvis <laughs> ring. Also, you said there's a stomach, but his stomach like, that's where a stomach of a horse would be? But he has a human stomach above that, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's, he has two stomachs. It's his human, it's his human crotch. That's a fact about centaurs. They have two stomachs. It's his human crotch. <laughs> he doesn't have one. <laughs> Oh my god, oh my god, you need to watch it. Oh my god. I actually have no idea. Oh my god. Oh my god. god. The Red Wedding, oh my god. I wish I was surprised (laughs) that they reenacted a scene from Game of Thrones in Attack on Titan, but it worked really well. Your delivery was poor. (laughs) I wrote wrote down, it's a treat, and you're the treat, so. (laughs) Ash's third choice is from the opening song (laughs) of episode 13, and it is Digimon, Digital Monsters. (laughs) 